Hello, everyone. It's Jet Tattersall here. Welcome back to the Women in Pop podcast. We've been away for a while, but it is so lovely to be chatting with you all again in this special self-isolation edition of the podcast. Now, please rest assured we're all social distancing in the correct manner, thanks to the wonders of technology, given we're all sitting in our bedrooms in various places around the world. Please forgive the odd bump or changes in sound from time to time, as my cat just may make a cameo appearance at some point. Now, our guest today is joining us all the way from Oakland, and we are so thrilled to have her on the show. She started off recording her music in her guest bedroom at her parents' house when she was just a teenager and has since gone on to achieve hundreds of millions of streams for her gorgeous folk pop with electro undertones. Today, she releases her incredible new EP, Dawn, and she is here to tell us all about it. Her mum calls her Maya, but we know and love her as MXM Tune. Maya, hello, and welcome to Women in Pop. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so it excited to be here. <laughs> oh, mate, from one isolation station to another, how have you been keeping? I've been okay. Um, I'm hanging in there. I'm back in that guest bedroom. I'm currently sitting here right now. It is renovated and doesn't have a bed in it anymore, but I'm doing okay. Playing lots of video games, watching a lot of movies with my family, and also just making music. Yeah. (laughs) That's incredible. And isn't it great that this is kind of forcing us all to like embrace that teenage stoner boy within (laughs) it's a lot of playstations (laughs) and movies and like sort of like food that doesn't ever expire that just sits in the back of your cupboard (laughs) it's true it's a lot of indoor time (laughs) kind of no choice now obviously uh, your fans are going to know this but for all those new listeners to your beautiful ear candy MXM Tune is quite the handle. Where does that come from? It's actually a username that I created when I was 11 for a project of my first visual arts Instagram. So it was not actually music oriented at all. And it's my initials, MXMT. And then my dad suggested that I add OON at the end. So it would be like a shortened version of cartoon. So my name would technically be Maya's Cartoons. And I use this username for everything, including my music. And it kind of got to the point where after my music blew up, there was little to no way for me to change it. So I just kind of kept it. Yeah. I think that's incredible. And, um, you know, I think Prince would be applauding you from beyond. So well done. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Look, let's talk. Massive congratulations on the new EP. Dawn, it's such a truly sort of soul-stroking collection of songs. You're so connected to your fans. And I've read that your desire for previous albums was for your listeners to come away feeling like the songs belong to them also. And I just wanted to know, what was your desire behind Dawn? My overarching goal with Dawn, I think, was really to make a piece of work that felt like it could validate whatever people were going through, but then also to kind of help them realize that things will still move forward. And even though you might feel really stationary one day and things can feel very still, it'll be okay in the end. And I think that's something that I remind myself when I'm stressed out or nervous or scared. And I just tell myself, you know, I'm really lucky I can watch the sunrise the next day. And that should be this little tiny piece that feels like it's nice and consistent every single day. Um, So hopefully people can find some comfort in what the songs have to say. I'm so glad you said that because it really does. It offers like a lighter shift, even in the production and your sound and your lyrics. 
while all the while still remaining very true um, to the kind of music and the honesty that you put forward. Um, I imagine it's quite appropriate uh, for the time we're in at the moment with everyone in lockdown um, and we're all going to need a little bit of uplifting. Um, I want to talk to you about your third single from the EP, Lessons. Um, Mm. You know, it'll just take time. Be patient with yourself. There's more room to grow if you leave your worries on the shelf. Like, it's just perfect for now. (laughs) And it's a real soothing teapot of a track. It's like comfort in fluffy socks. Can you talk (laughs) us through the inspiration of Lessons? I was remember being in the writing room for room for lessons in January of this year, and I was in LA working with other artists, and I just remember feeling really stressed out and like being sitting in my Airbnb at the end of the day and just thinking in loops and just not being able to make sense of anything that was going on inside of my brain. And I got to this point where I came into that session that day, and I was like, dang, I really want to write a song that I can listen to and have it remind me that I don't need to think about things so heavily to the point that they don't make sense anymore. And I think that's something that, I mean, a lot of my audience experiences, because when you're younger, I think you have a lot of questions about who you are and wanting to understand your story and your narrative and everything. And I think one thing that I've learned as I continue to grow up is that Sometimes the best thing you can do is just let it go and you can move on with your day and know that you're not going to have all the answers for everything as much as you wish you could. And that's okay because nobody does. And yeah, that's fine. I think that's great. And you know what? You're so right. I always go back to your song, Feel Like (laughs) Chet, because obviously it's got this beautiful innocence to it. But listening back as a not-so-young person, it makes you kind of the tears spring to the eyes because you're like, oh, my God, we were all doing that, but no one dared (laughs) sung about it. Like, (laughs) your voice is not just one for the new generation. I swear to God, that story repeats and repeats. It has been going on since the dawn of time. (laughs) Yes, oh, my gosh. I think that's one thing that's been so fun for me about writing music is that even though I am, like, 19, I'm writing about my story. I think it's been fun to see the parallels between my life and, you know, also my like seven-year-old cousin who somehow relates to my my content in the songs. And then also my 80-year-old grandpa who really likes my music too. So it's cross-generational for sure. That's incredible. And before I forget about it, I'm just going to play Lessons now. Just take time, be patient with yourself. There's more room to grow if you leave your worries on the shelf. God, I love that song. Um, now, let's, speaking of your family, let's go into a little yes. backstory. Your clan. Um, most of you, I would say your clan, your fans, most of whom have been with you from the beginning could tell me this one, but I want to hear it from you. <laughs> a multi-instrumentalist with one hell of an origin story. How did your music get from your head to your bedroom, to the stage and to our ears? Okay, let's see. Um, 
how do I describe the story? <laughs> I remember I've, I've been playing music as long as I can remember. My mom forced my brother and I to take violin lessons when we were really little. So music has always been a part of my life. But I don't think I really chose to enjoy it until much later. And that was when I wrote my first song when I was 13. So my enjoyment of music came quite a bit after I started even involving myself in the world of learning classical instruments and learning how to play ukulele or guitar. Um, but I mean, I kind of wrote in the background of my life at that point when I was going to school just because I've never really been one for diary entries and songs made a lot more sense for me in terms of how I can organize my thoughts and chorus would be like the main idea that's running around in my mind or the the verses would be the kind of details of what that thought would be. So it always made more sense to me outlining whatever I was going through in the format of a song. But I didn't share any of that until 2017 when I wrote my first song and posted it 1-800-DATE-ME, which is now a memory I try and forget so badly because it's such a cringy title for a song. <laughs> um, but that was my kind of first try at making music. And I didn't expect it to get any traction. I kind of posted everything I did on the internet because I thought no one would see it. And lucky me, I, I was one of the few things that did gain traction on the internet and has, has turned into a job. But music was something that I never expected to take off into a career for me. It was just something that I enjoyed doing in the, the cracks of my life. And I, you know, kept doing it because people were reacting to it on my SoundCloud and on my YouTube and eventually kind of had to tell my parents when I reached this point where there were press outlets that were writing about me and I had like 10,000 SoundCloud followers and I was going to bed every night panicking that I would wake up the next morning and my family would somehow find out from something that wasn't me. And so I decided that I would tell them in 2017 in the fall. Um, so that was a crazy kind of progression. And I think that really marked the moment that I was able to think about it in the context of something that wasn't just my bedroom and singing in the midnight hours of, of my week, trying to be quiet enough so my parents wouldn't wake up to the sound of me humming in the back of my room. Um, so it's been kind of a wild ride and I'm still processing how everything happened, but it is crazy. There's like, I, 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 you know, it's weird because I just moved to Brooklyn and kind of it was starting my chapter over in New York. And now I'm back in the guest bedroom where everything kind of happened for me um, when I was making my first EP as an artist. So things come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's incredible. Also, the fact that you were like, oh, crap, I better tell my parents I'm a pop yeah. star. <laughs> like, who does that? And also the fact that you were hiding the fact that you were humming, like humming secretly in your bedroom, yeah. like from being a teenager myself, that is not the thing my mom was worried about. So I mean, I think that was funny for my parents too. I mean, they tell me that all the time. They're like, the weirdest thing you could have ever possibly hid from us is that you were doing something creative with your free time. We thought you maybe had done something horrible and you were just making songs. And I was like, yeah, that's true. She's burying a body in the garden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. And I'm glad you touched on your social media because your activity and your sort of wielding of that platform is above and beyond incredible um, <laughs> with your comedy TikTok videos, your YouTube, your Instagram. I mean, your listeners, they really get to know you. Um, and I want to know, I mean, as they get to follow these songs that have this constant thread of you offering up these experience nuggets and thoughts, some of which, as you just mentioned, you're just painfully embarrassed about now. Um, <laughs> as a self-proclaimed introvert, 
What is the comfort you find in exposing yourself to the masses this way? Like, how does it charge you differently from face-to-face interaction? It's kind of like shouting into a void. That is a great question. I have never really asked myself that. And I think the reason I liked social media was because it felt like a way of getting my thoughts out into the world in a manner that felt like I wasn't really impeding on anybody. Like, I, the reason I gravitated towards social media, I think, originally was because I just didn't really want to bother anybody with whatever was going on with me. And so social media felt like it was this way for me to interact and get those thoughts of whatever I was thinking out um, out of my brain and kind of shouted into the void of, of the interwebs. Uh, so I think that's probably how it charges me. But I definitely know as someone who has a platform that has grown far larger than she ever expected, it's a different relationship that you have with what sort of stuff you decide to put on the internet at the end of the day and what you keep for yourself. And I think that's been a learning experience for me as I've continued to kind of go down this pathway is, you know, what's the right balance? And do you ever think there's any drawbacks of putting so much of yourself into your music and to the public, or have you seen it as more of a blessing? I think I have moments where it's definitely both. And I mean, I one of the reasons I appreciate my own music and my work is because of that vulnerability that I showcase, because I do want my audience to understand that being vulnerable is not something that's a weakness, but rather something that takes a tremendous amount of strength. But I also know that if I put too much out of out on the internet, then I'm gonna have be I'm gonna be sitting in my bed at the end of the day one day, and I'm just gonna be like, oh wow, it's empty inside. I just don't have anything that's left for me. And so, I've been trying to find that balance as I've continued. And I think that there are moments where the internet can be something that is so positive and uplifting, but there are also times when it can be something that takes away from you. And just finding that middle ground is really important. Of course. And speaking of, your track Quiet Moments, which has been on a bit of a constant loop in my home office. Um, and actually, before I talk about it, let's give it another play. Now, it's a song that's really championing those introverted tendencies, much like your gargantuanly acclaimed prom dress from The Masquerade. You have given a poster, babe, for the heart of the underdog in all of us. (laughs) What is your desire for these songs? I think my biggest desire with songs where I talk about specific themes of loneliness is that Loneliness and being alone are very different things. And I think that's something that we're all actually experiencing right now with quarantine and social distancing is how do we differentiate between being alone and how we might feel lonely in those moments, but also can feel really fulfilled if we find the ways that we can feed ourselves and um, our emotions during this period. And so a song like Quiet Motions, which is really kind of my, uh, I guess you could say, ode to introversion, I think it's 
it's really just a song that's explaining that even in those moments where you are finding yourself by yourself, um, that's can, that can be okay. And that can be a completely positive experience for someone. And learning how to do that, I think, and learning how to be okay with your own company is something that I've had to learn as I've gotten a little bit older, even though I'm only 19 and really what do I know? I think I <laughs> I just, I've learned that being alone is something that charges me. And I know it might not be something that everybody feels like they gain energy from, but I wanted to make a song that could express how I view it in a positive light. And I had no idea we would be in quarantine when that song released, but I feel <laughs> glad that there's something that exists in the world now that can kind of help people see things from an optimistic standpoint. Absolutely. And um, I imagine, particularly in 2020, as the world, we feel like we're going faster and faster and faster. Um, it's almost like we're not allowed to have those moments because we're always on. So, yeah, mm. congratulations and thank you for releasing Quiet <laughs> Moments. I think it's very needed. Thank you. Um, we often hear from artists talking about the unattainability of pop stars when they were growing up. And by that, I mean, whether they didn't see anyone that they could relate to, whether it was culturally or style-wise, or if they were singing about things they couldn't relate to, like completely heteronorm relationships. Mm. You champion the loner, the outcast, the secret <laughs> in all of us. And in doing so, I just wanted to know, do you yet feel like the role model that you were looking for in your own childhood? I definitely do. I think that's something that I definitely try and become is trying to fill all those different things that I really wish that I had growing up. And I look at the landscape of the entertainment industry now, and we've come so far from kind of what I was looking at as I was growing up and looking at media and the entertainment industry. And I look at my own project and I ask myself constantly all the time, what can I do that I would have wanted five years ago or 10 years ago or whatever to have someone look at the screen or look at YouTube, or their, subscri their subscription box or whatever it might be, and just feel like their experience is being seen and heard. And um, I think that's been something really important to my platform and the way that I hold myself as an artist is just constantly checking in and being like, would your nine-year-old self be proud? Um, because I think that's something we should all do in any, any, any way that we are in our lives is just be like, what would our nine-year-old self say? <laughs> that's so true. We need to, yeah, actually, we need to check in every decade. Cause I was just thinking mm -hmm. when you said, well, I'm 19, what do I know? You know, everything. 19's great. <laughs> but I feel like we do every now and then just have to check in and go, oh, would I have been like, if I was with 15 year old me, would this be awesome? Mm -hmm. Yes, it would. Good. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think all the time I'm like 10 year old Maya would be so psyched about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she'd be stoked. Now I want to talk to you about your amazing feat of, can I say, sexing up the ukulele. Like, <laughs> You oh have goodness. pimped yes, that thing can. like Kenny G did a saxophone. Um, <laughs> and you're giving tutorials. What a gun. Seriously, the fact that Ben and Jerry haven't made you an honorary bucket yet is beyond me, and I'm going to write to them. But from the cartoons and the uke lessons and the TikTok, you give so much to your listeners and your fans. Why? I don't know what else... I, like, I, I go, oh, man, that's a really great question. I think 
I just, I know for myself, I've never really known fully what I want to do with my life. And I mean, even as a little kid, I never really had one of those dream jobs or whatever. I answered questions of being like, I'd really like to see the world or I want to adopt a cat or maybe 20 cats or whatever it might be. I've just never really had a clear understanding of what I want to do with my life. I just know that with anything that I choose to do, my underlying goal is to hopefully help people and have a positive lasting impact on the world in whatever small or large way I can do that. And so I never saw music coming as an opportunity for me. And I think that it is such a blessing for me be, to me for me to be able to be creative for a living and in turn do as much as I possibly can for people. Because I know even with issues of representation, like that is another thing that I wish that I had growing up. And so if I can be someone who provides a space where I can, you know, give ukulele tutorials for my audience, or I can talk about issues of race or gender or sexuality, and I can, you know, explain what my mental health story has been so far. Like, to do any of those things, I think, whatever I choose to do, I hopefully am having a positive impact on my audience. And so I'll do whatever I can in my power to to do that. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And you're right, it's just one person at a time. Now, Maya, with artists such as yourself, Halsey, Hayley Kyoko, and Troy Sivan, what are your thoughts on representation for queer and non-binary artists? I think it's it's going. I mean, it's definitely, you look at the landscape now and there's so much more representation than I think we probably could have ever imagined even a few years ago. And um, yeah, I just like... I feel really proud as someone who can be another voice in the music industry and in the entertainment field of just hopefully being able to champion people's stories and not being able to, not speaking for them necessarily, but giving them the platform to talk about who they are and what their story has been. And I mean, I think it is, it is really incredibly exciting, but we also do have a long way to go. And so my hope for the entertainment industry is that it can continue down this pathway of trying to lift up the stories and the uh, the narratives of people who do have marginalized identities and hopefully increasing awareness for people around the world of what different kinds of people are out there. Yeah. Beautiful. Just keep being you and writing your music. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> I just want to go back to you, the way you carved your way, ukulele in hand, um, through this field of music and sort of mastering and conquering the social media channels. I want to know what was the best advice you were given during that process and who was it from? Oh goodness, the best advice. Oh man, that's a really great question. I think at least one thing that I've kind of kept with me as I've continued down the path of, of being a ukulele artist, I think sometimes people can look at someone who plays a ukulele or learning or is learning how to and be like, oh, that's really, you know, it's really like you're 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 acting like a kid or whatever it might be. Like it's not very complicated. And I think for me, I hope for people who are learning how to play music or learning how to play an instrument like the ukulele to just try and disregard those judgments because it's it's hard not to take what people say about you personally, but at the same time, you're doing something for you. And hopefully whatever choice you make, whether it be with ukulele or, with that, or whatever it might be in your life, maybe not even music related, 
know that as long as you're doing it for yourself, you're making the right choice. Like, you can be selfish. Give yourself the room to be selfish, I think, in in a kind way. <laughs> yeah. Are yeah. you kidding? I honestly, <laughs> watching your tutorials, I always said to my husband, I was like, I'm just, can we, can you order me a ukulele? Like, I'm actually getting one and I'm going oh to learn gosh. from you on the internet. I'm not lying. I'm so excited. Yay. Okay. <laughs> I'll make sure my ukulele tutorials are like, Top, top notch for you. Yeah. I'll keep you updated on my awful prose. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be great. There's going to be some terrible classic rock covers on a ukulele. <laughs> oh, brilliant. And speaking of covers, is there one classic song that you would just love to clover or collaborate or put your spin on? Oh my goodness. You know, I was actually just, I don't know if I could put my own spin on it, but I was literally just listening to Somewhere Over the Rainbow by, and I cannot say his name because oh. he's a Hawaiian artist. Do you, do you know the song I'm talking I about? I know the one, Israel, is, and yes. then oh my Hawaiian goodness. surname. I would love to do my own version, and I cannot live up to his in any way, but I, I remember listening to that song as a little kid, and I just returned back to it today because I was kind of like, I want something nostalgic, and I feel like it's also really appropriate for where we are right now in the world and so I was listening to it and I was like oh wow I want to do a cover of that <laughs> do it you heard it here first listeners keep your eyes on social media because that's happening <laughs> <laughs> oh gorgeous and one last thing before I have to leave you I just wanted to know who was that musician as when you were growing up who was that one artist that just floored you and you were like, that's oh, what I want to do. Okay. I think in my mind it was what I wanted to do, but I know now that I definitely can't do it. OK Go was one of my favorite bands growing up, and it was because their music videos were really, really incredible and, like, so such a mind-bending experience to watch them. And I remember being like, it would be really cool to have the tools to be able to make that kind of video for whatever project I want to work on. And I definitely don't have that right now, but I think looking at kind of where they are with their music, I was like, wow, that would be really neat. And it was the first kind of artist that I thought about, oh, wow, music videos are another way of, you know, creative expression that maybe if I did music, I could do it that way too. But Still wasn't at the point where I thought music would be my job. But OK Go was definitely an influential kind of artist for me growing up. Yeah. That's a very good reference. And by the way, your music video <laughs> is very cool and very you. Thank so you. well done. Thank you. <laughs> um, lastly, you little creative glitter cannon. I know you hate metaphors. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. No, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> what is on the horizon for MXM Tune? Well, I mean, we just had the EP come out, so that's really exciting, Dawn, and there will be a second one this year. But, I mean, right now, just kind of taking it day by day. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty with the where the world is right now, and I think I'm just hanging in there like the rest of the peoples. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. And you've got that cover to do this afternoon in your living in Yes, your I know. Room, I, that so. is my next immediate goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant, Maya. It has been such a delight talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining us on the Women in Pop podcast. Listeners, MXM Tunes' new EP, Dawn, is out now and is available on all platforms. Stream it and download it as much as you can. And before we go, a brand new issue of Women in Pop is just around the corner. Keep an 
eye on our social media channels for more information and to find out what incredible women we will be speaking to in issue eight. Search Women in Pop on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or just go to womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe. Thank you for listening. Everybody, please stay safe, stay home, put on your flannelette, hug your cat, watch crappy movies. Do not forget, there are over 30 episodes of our podcast to while away the time. And we will be back very soon with a new episode. Until then, from myself and Maya, goodbye. Goodbye.